It's time for the May 6th, 2022 edition of Weekly Signals Weekly Review. A personal recollection of the last 168 hours of history broadcasting on National No Pants Day from the University of California at Irvine in the backyard of KUCI 88.9 FM. I'm Nathan Callahan. And I'm Mike Caspar. Yeah. And, and yes. as always, the yes. mutt who fell to earth, <laughs> Mahler, the fake news dog. <laughs> Woo! Oh, it's good to hear you, Mahler. Yeah. Fine voice this morning. Yes, yes, yes. Today we'll be talking about the Lake Mead Mafia, the Jack in the Box flaw, odd and even numbers, banning the Bible, and then some. Hmm. A full slate today, Mike. It is. But first, when's the last time you ate red meat? Oh, wow. Not on purpose. Uh, it'd been months ago. It was I'm accidentally not... eating if, red if meat. If I did, it would have been on accident. I haven't yeah. had red meat in. Somebody slipped you some, you yeah, know, while they, you weren't looking. They, they slipped me a yeah a burger or some some <laughs> something. I don't know. It's just, easy to just eat a whole burger just, without. I just didn't you know, realize. realize I'm eating a burger. Yeah, yeah. no, no. I, I don't. Honestly, it's been months. I don't even know. Uh, six months. Eight, six months. A year. I don't know. I don't. I haven't. You remember what you had? I have. Um, the last meat that I had, the last memorable red meat, red meat. No, yeah. I can't remember. I'm not talking chicken here. Not chicken or not or lamb or pork. Snail, or snail, <laughs> frog legs. No, 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 I haven't had. I don't know. It's been at least a year. I'll just say that at least for the sake year. of our discussion. Yeah. You ever been bitten by a tick? Yeah, I think so. On my little excursion up north, I think I got just now. Yeah, yeah, like, the, yeah. like last week. You so were getting, I, it, wow. Yeah, I think so. Because there are a lot of a lot of stuff flying around. Well, it's, it's climate change is is it's heating okay. up. Yeah, and yeah. and it's if there's more than usual, that's the reason why. Yeah, yeah. From the Washington Post, the climate crisis has reawakened ticks. I don't know if they were ever sleeping. Yeah. So I don't know if reawakened really is the proper verb. Maybe got them pissed off. Yeah. One type in particular is becoming more common around Washington, D.C., and we're not talking about Ted Cruz here either. <laughs> the Lone Star Tick. Okay. Yeah. That's Texas. Yeah, just where, where, where Cruz is from. Yeah. 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 The Lone Star Tick in Washington, D.C. could be Cruz. <laughs> One bite from the Lone Star Tick can cause a lifelong adverse reaction to eating red meat. Oh, yeah. really? Okay. When Lone Star Ticks feed on mammals like mice, rabbits, or deer, they ingest alpha-gall sugars. Okay. Alpha-gall sugars. Okay. Later, if the ticks bite and feed on humans, they inject the alpha-gall sugars with their saliva into the human host. Hmm. Because people don't have alpha-gal in their bodies, the human immune system recognizes alpha-gal from a tick bite as a foreign substance and mounts a response, including the development of antibodies. But red meat, meat which contains alpha-gal sugars, can further trigger reactions. If red meat is eaten by people bitten by the Lone Star tick, the immune system recognizes the alpha-gal from the meat as a foreign substance. As a result, the body mounts a response often much more severe than the initial response to the tick bite. 
The alpha-gal allergy to red meat can lead to a rash, hives, itching, swelling, shortness of breath, headaches, abdominal pain, ad- abdominal pain, uh. not abominable pain, uh-huh. diarrhea, and vomiting. With severe cases, a person may suffer uh, anaphylaxis, a potentially fatal allergic reaction. My goodness. Yeah. Well, these are the Lone Star ticks we're I, talking about. I have one up on screen here. Yeah. And you uh, might notice that the female has a little white dot on its back. And that's right there. Yeah, yeah. There it is. And you know what? Just to be, I mean, the resemblance to Ted Cruz and, is, and is, un, is uncanny. It's uncanny. And the fact of the matter is I've never seen uh, a Lone Star tick and Ted Cruz in, in the same in the place. Same, the same same place. Time, yeah. yeah. So it's it's very possible. That he is, in fact, a... yeah, And it also leads to Hartland yeah, virus. Yeah, Mahler. Mahler should what, be... What kind of... It, it lead leads to? to something called, maybe what you described, Heartland virus. Well, I don't know. Yeah. I didn't get the Heartland virus thing going on yeah, here. Yeah, but, but, you know, and between, yeah, between this and then Lyme's disease, which yeah. is also a, a tick-borne disease. Tick-borne. Yeah, that's carried, oh, carried by ticks. Uh-huh. Um, and born by ticks. Born by ticks. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> I think Steppenwolf did that. <laughs> Maybe so. Yeah, that's a cool. That's catchy. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, and it's not very big. It's about the size. It's smaller than a dime, according to this image here. Well, I, I should hope so. Yeah, that would be a big tick. Yeah, it? that would be a big, a <laughs> dime-sized tick. You, you know, it. it'd be time to maybe call the fire department. Yeah, I, exactly. You'd get uh-huh. out. You'd get out the chair and the whip. If you yeah. saw one that big, yeah. Well, so you start a circus. <laughs> you can start a, t- a you can start circus. a tick circus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think yeah. a t- attendance might be a little tough to you know to round well, up. Well, it'd yeah. be a small crowd. It'd be a very small crowd. Uh, Beekeepers, maybe, but that'd be about it. Yeah. So from CNN, enough of this TikTok. Yeah. Ooh. From CNN, the plunging <laughs> him. Excuse me. The plunging water level in Lake Mead, the county's largest reservoir, the country's largest reservoir, not in the whole world, but not in the county either, the country's largest reservoir, besieged by drought as it is. Level just keeps dropping up there. We've talked about this for years. For years we've been talking about this. Anyway, the water level unveiled another disturbing discovery over the weekend, a body in a barrel. A vacationer at the lake found the barrel and could see the human remains inside the barrel because it was corroded. Investigators believe the person was likely a murder victim who died from a gunshot wound. Mm -hmm. Sounds like the Lake Mead Mafia to me. It sounds a lot like that. Detectives say the victim was probably killed sometime in the mid-70s to early 80s based on the clothing and footwear the victim was found with. So I, so I think it looked like John Travolta, <laughs> what I'm guessing. Well, I, two theories here. Well, I mean, one is uh, uh, that when was Jimmy Hoffa? Well, that he was a consideration. Maybe he ended up in Lake Mead. Did, they might have kept him on ice for a while. Would that, that be the it. most amazing discovery ever if that actually did turn out to a be Hoffa Jimmy, in Lake Mead? Lake Mead, yeah. Would that, yeah. I mean, whatever. I don't know if they could fit him in the barrel, though. Yeah, he was a big, he was a barrel of a man. Yeah. The lake has drained dramatically over the last 15 years, they said. It's likely that we will find additional bodies that have been dumped in Lake Mead as the water level drops more. 
So what I'm saying now is uh, no more swimming with the fishes. No. No. Not for very much longer. Yeah. Yeah. They'll dump it in the water. No, yeah, no, but yeah, I'm sh- yeah. water goes down. We're having a drought. Yeah. We're in some serious, what's the word I'm searching for here? Death spiral. At Death least spiral. I, that's, <laughs> that's, 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 that's a serious, I think that it yeah. feels like Lake Powell is in some kind of a death, yeah. death spiral here. A little bit frightening. It really is. Yeah. I mean, what happens? You know, what's, when we what's, run out of water. What's the next morning look like I when they death. suddenly, yes, yeah. when suddenly people are running up and down the street, you know, upset about the fact that their water taps are no longer working. Yeah. That that will be a very, very momentous day. <sighs> if this news makes you feel like Luca Brasi, <laughs> may I recommend a donation to KUCI to relieve your anxiety? Just go to KUCI.org. Your generous donation is how we stay on air. Commercial-free, free-form, free-speech radio, KUCI, 88.9 FM. From MIT News. MIT researchers have created a portable desalinization unit that can automatically remove particles and salts simultaneously to generate drinking water. The user-friendly unit, which weighs about 20 pounds and does not require the use of filters, can be powered by a small portable solar panel. The setup includes a two-stage ion concentration polarization process with water flowing through six modules in the first stage, then through three in the second stage, followed by a single electrodialysis process. A portable device does not require any replacement filters, which is really a big deal. It greatly reduces the long-term maintenance requirements on this. It requires less power to operate than a cell phone charger. I don't know what they meant by that. Because I I guess when you're charging up a cell phone charger, so it's not using a lot there, but... Anyway, it can be driven by a small portable solar panel, which can be purchased online for about 50 bucks. Wow. And it automatically generates drinking water that exceeds World Health Organization quality standards. Yeah. So this is great for all sorts of reasons. Fantastic news. Yeah. Now, I don't want to be a curmudgeon about this. That's well, great. You are. I will be for a second. And yeah. that, is, that, that is, in fact, an amazing technological advance, advancement. Yeah. And... You know, we've been trying to desalinate water. I mean, Saudi Arabia spent billions of dollars on these huge plants. We have one in Huntington Beach that's a desalinization. It's always been prohibited. Well, they're trying to push that thing through, and, and they're running into some opposition, but they're trying very hard right now because of our situation. Right. And right. I think it's it's not a good thing. Right. It's just not a good thing there in Huntington Beach. It's, it's going to cost too much money to make. Right. The water is going to be... Uh, cost too much money to buy right, and you're right. going to have a lot of salt the environment just going to be torn apart there right and the amount of power required in, with this technology they're using is yeah. onerous yeah so and so on one hand i think it's great this this device that you're portable talking, portable device yeah. and around the world this will be the difference between life and death for many if it works exactly and i think that's what they're thinking about here right i don't think everybody in southern california is going to own one of these things right, right. 
We could all go down to the beach. That's where we'll all be huddled at the beach right. with our little portable units. Right. There'll be trucks backing up with those little vacuum hoses on the back of it, uh-huh. sucking out the water of the ocean and yeah. driving over the people lying on the beach. Uh-huh. Just getting out of, get out of my way. Mad Max kind of stuff. Wow. Yeah. That's how I see it. Huh. But, what, but the other part of this <laughs> is that for all these technologies that work, and that's great, they give, I think they give us a false sense of that we can keep doing what we're doing now. Am I being, am I overthinking this? In other words, oh, we don't have to worry about our diminishing water supply and our watershed and trees and all the rest of it because we can, we can do this. We can uh, innovate ourselves out of whatever consequences of our bad behavior. I, I, it I'm, may be true. A, a little you bit of a balance. Be, a little uh, bit of a speaking balance. Speaking the truth there. Yeah. Yeah. So... Because we do. We keep coming up for reasons to keep doing We're always a negative guy. Well, pretty much, yeah. yeah. No, I'm just saying, we, we seem to be able to come up with reasons not to want to do the things that, we, that are necessary. And technology certainly helps us in that regard. Uh, but you're the type of guy yeah. that thinks he's going to be hit by an asteroid, though. You're that kind of guy. Yeah. If, if, you, yeah. if, if, you know, if you ever hear about an asteroid, you're thinking to yourself, yeah. I hope it doesn't hit me. Yeah, yeah right. I'm out there. Huh. I'm out there. I've got, I've got a new technology that detects asteroids. You do? Yeah. Wow. I got a new software thing, uh-huh. and so it, and so it, I know that right now, any moment, this yeah. could come crashing right through KUCI. It's the Studio. asteroid app. The asteroid app. Wow. Yeah, yeah. From Scientific American, in June 2004, analysis at NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory, right here in Southern California, suggested the asteroid Apophis had a 1 in 37 or 2.7% chance of hitting Earth in 2029. Now, I hate to say this, but I think I remember reporting this very story in 2004. Mm. That's a long time ago mm-hmm. here on KUC. So it's going to be 25 years hence is what you... Ed- well, you, you've, it's bad math, Mike, but nevertheless. Well, 2004 and you said 2029. I'm Whoa, I see what you're saying. Yeah, I said till today, since since I reported it. Right. You're absolutely yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. It was going to be 2029 when it hit the Earth, but uh, this was the highest probability ever found for a sizable asteroid strike in recorded history, and the object was big enough that its impact could devastate entire regions. To the world's great relief, and also to mine, further in refinements of the orbit of Apophis, ruled out the chances of it hitting Earth for the next century. Shoot. I was so kinda, we're, I was so kinda, we're clear for a while. I was kind of counting on it. Hitting. Yet the asteroid will still get extremely close to us in 2029. So yeah. you can feel a little good about yeah. it. <laughs> when it will pass just about 20,000 miles from our planet, mm-hmm. swooping below the orbits of geostationary satellites. Mm. So it could take out a satellite. Maybe Starlink. Yeah. Now NASA's OSIRIS-REx spacecraft, initially launched in 2016 on a mission to collect samples from another asteroid, will continue flying through space and rendezvous with Apophis for a couple of months after the asteroid's asteroids close encounter with Earth. Hmm. So we got uh, a nice little spacecraft up there that when it comes back in 2029, we'll shoot it out after... Apophis. We got eyes on it. Now, why would we do this anyway? Yeah, why? To map the asteroid surface looking for any interesting changes brought about by Apophis's brief plunge through our planet 
and of course, Mahler's gravitational grip. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It'll go through the grip here. That's tough. That's yeah. not an easy thing of, to do. Of both our planet yeah. and yeah, and, and Mahler and Mahler's. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, not only that. Shut up. Not only that, pinning down the object's orbital motion to meter scale precision will be another important goal that will allow us to work out more exacting values for Apophis's future tra trajectory and its future threat to Earth. So we'll know more about, is it really going to hit us mm -hmm. next century mm -hmm. or when it would? Or mm -hmm. is it falling apart? Mm -hmm. What's it made of? Mm -hmm. We're actually, from what I understand, the spacecraft will turn away from it and blow some of the uh, topsoil, whatever you call the asteroid's dust, mm -hmm. so it can look and see what it's made of more, too, okay. just to get a good idea of... That's an amazing technology. Yeah. That is an amazing no feat. Yeah. So, basically, a bullet chasing a bullet. I assume it's going pretty quickly through the atmosphere. Ah, it's just taking its time. Okay. <laughs> it's Sunday so leisurely driving. strolling through the neighborhood. Yeah. Checking things out. From BBC News, a record-breaking heat wave that's been gripping India and Pakistan for weeks is expected to keep dragging on. We talked about this last week, but yeah. it's just getting worse. Yeah. New Delhi saw temperatures climb above 110 degrees for several days on end. Jacobabad, Pakistan, exceeded 120 degrees. This is Fahrenheit course. The heat has affected wheat harvests, and local reports have identified wildfires making for an earlier-than-average fire season there. Sounds familiar. Mm -hmm. An increased electricity demand has caused widespread power cuts across the country. At mm. a time when they need them. Yeah. The country as a whole saw I mean, its hottest it. march in 122 years of recorded history, it's not just the severity of the temperatures that's raising eyebrows. It's how early in the year they've appeared and how long they're lasting. Yeah. In New Delhi, for instance, temperatures have averaged about 7 degrees Fahrenheit higher than normal for the last six weeks. And while high temperatures well over 100 degrees Fahrenheit are common in the spring and summer there, they're highly unusual for April. Sounds like here in Southern California. It's all over. You might say there's kind of global warming. No, you wouldn't. No one in their right mind would say such a thing, Nathan. Why would you even think uh, that? Boy, oh boy. It's a little bit frustrating, having spoken about this for half of our lives. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, yes. We weren't on the air for half of our lives, but we have been yeah. actively advocating for a new path forward. Yeah, in for the, the late point. 80s. Yes. We've been, well, you could go that? back to, you know, Rachel Carson for people who were recognizing the human impact on the planet. Yeah. And people were saying, yes, we've got to stop doing this. Now, to the degree to which we knew how bad it was, yes, the late 70s, early 80s, it yeah. was obvious. From Reuters News Service. Yes, this is, I'm going to shift gears here. Okay. In a standing room only courtroom, Tulsa County District Judge Carolyn Wall ruled that a lawsuit demanding reparations for survivors of the 1921 Tulsa Race Massacre and their descendants can move forward. 
The ruling comes more than 100 years after the massacre killed as many as 300 black people, injured 800, and left more than 10,000 without homes in one of the worst incidents of racist terror violence in U.S. history. The lead plaintiffs in the case are three of the known living survivors of the massacre, Leslie Benningfield Randall, 107, Viola Fletcher, 107, and Hughes Van Ellis, 101. Survivors have sought reparations through the courts before. In 2005, the U.S. Supreme Court declined to hear a reparations case appeal after federal courts ruled that the statute of limitations had expired. Yeah. <sighs> well, you know, That's this is frustrating when you have something like this going that happened. And we finally, as a country, as a Supreme Court, as a government, uh, uh, recognize it. Right. But say, oh, but that was too long ago. Well, that's not their fault. That's the government's fault. It expired because the government was, in part, corrupt. Yeah. But <laughs> Yeah, but just real quick, just to put a little bit of a... Oftentimes you hear people... You know, decry the idea of reparations, right? It's, yeah. Well, who do you pay, and how does this work? And well, reparations mean a lot of things. It just doesn't mean you pay someone. Right. It means you make programs available uh, for people. Yeah. For for example, with the redlining that happened in Los Angeles, right? Where they uh, black people were unable to get loans for houses. Or right. couldn't simply move into an area. Right. You make loans more available. That's the kind of reparation that, that I think most people are talking about in this case. Right. Making, uh, giving the communities that were, uh, that had a detrimental effect because of the riot or whatever, right. putting more money in the city budget to uplifting that right. community. Right. The, the 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 result of the Tulsa race riot was it, the devastation. The, obviously, the the killing of more than three hundred people, the devastation of those families, their inability now to go back to their homes, their inability to go to school, the inability to have a life, and that is money paying. That is money lost. That is a true economic loss. In addition to the fact that reparations have been paid out by the United States government in the past, and and to. Um, to slaves, former slaves, but also Lincoln signed a law in 1862 or 1863 that essentially gave Washington, D.C. slave owners reparations for the yeah. loss of income yeah. for, the, for, for the freeing of the slaves. Yeah. So this idea that it's, you know, some crazy notion that reparations should be paid, slave owners were given money in reparations for the loss of their slaves. Yeah. Now, I don't want to hear any more about the unfairness of reparations after I heard that story. So, The city police department and the county sheriff's office deputized and armed white Tulsans in order to murder, loot, and burn the nearly 40 city blocks of the Greenwood District. Yeah. The lawsuit says the Senate National Guard... The state National Guard participated with this angry white mob in killing and looting and destroying the property of black residents of Greenwood. The city sheriff chamber and county targeted black community leaders and victims of the massacre for prosecution as instigators of the massacre, despite knowing who were really truly responsible. 
That's according to this lawsuit. Yeah. The lawsuit accuses the chamber of joining with other officials after the massacre to impose martial law and round up survivors, black survivors, into concentration camps. Right. 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 Another thing real quick about that is that the Ku Klux Klan had been in Tulsa the year before for a convention. And after they left, store owners began stockpiling ammunition for over a year in in anticipation of what would eventually would would unfold in Tulsa. So there are so many degrees and levels of guilt and heinousness in all of this. It's hard to describe. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM, Irvine, California. Visit us at on the web at KUCI.org, on Facebook at Facebook.com slash KUCI 88.9, on our Tumblr blog at KUCIRadio.tumblr.com, and on Twitter and Instagram at KUCIFM. Oof. I don't know anymore. <laughs> what is it, Mark? Thank He's you, Mark. Thanks for cheering. Sure. Thank you. Exactly. Yeah, good boy. Here, you want to play? Want to play? Yeah. Get it. Get it. Go, go, go. It's good. good. Our boy. friend recognizes, sees the unhappiness and dread, uh-huh. and hears it and understands what to do. Isn't that a beautiful thing? It's a sweet little doggy, and I just love you, Mahler. You're good, good. You're such a good boy. Yeah. Speaking of depressing things, do you want to talk about our sorry excuse for the Supreme Court? Depends on how much you want to talk about it. I think we will have said a lot of the things that we've already heard. I would just add... The one depressing thing about it. There's so many. Yeah. But go ahead if you want to read something. Well, you want to hear the one depressing thing. The one super depressing thing is that Trump will be able to claim credit for this. And it will energize his base. Yeah, it is. And it is a lot to do with him. Yeah. You know, no one's done more for Christianity than Donald Trump, Mike. Yes. You know, he said that himself. Of course he did. Which is one of the... Truly vile things. There's so many, but yes, that I've ever heard true. in my life. Yes. I mean, if he means in a negative way, uh, I, maybe he is right. Well, I think if he's talking about himself as the fulfillment of a biblical prophecy about the Antichrist, you know, I think he's true, onto huh? something. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think he is. What? What? My favorite part of this is that Republicans are calling the leak an insurrection. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I heard yeah. this. Oh my God. Yeah. And just if, if any of you out there are Republican and believe this, keep in mind that the definition of an insurrection is a violent uprising against an authority or a government. A violent uprising. Now, I'm just saying, if I found something secret that, say, Mahler was working on, mm. like digging a hole under the trailer here at KCI, mm-hmm. something like that. And getting ready to plant munitions under it. If he had it. Act, well, no. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, just, he's just digging. He's, he's just you know, digging. Yeah, yeah. You know that guy. He just digs. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm sorry. He just digs because he wants to. Didn't mean to impugn his character. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. And I'm not. Well, I'm sorry, Mahler. But yeah, I know yeah. I promised I wouldn't talk about your hole. But <laughs> but, but there it is. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah That's enough. Anyway, Mahler was digging a hole. Yeah. Under the trailer here at KCI, and yeah. I showed everyone at the station Mahler's hole. Yeah. Which I'm not I sure everyone I, would want to see, I, but I, yeah, I go think, ahead. Think yeah, I plan on doing yeah, that. Yeah, 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 ye
even though I made a deal with Mueller that I wouldn't do it. Right. Would that be an insurrection? It'd be uh, a violation of your trust. Of, of, of the yeah, agreement yeah, with yeah, Mahler, yes, yeah. Yes, uh, but, but not an insurrection. And also, too, you know, if the hole is like weakening the foundation of the trailer, mm-hmm. yeah, you'd give a little bit of an excuse yeah. for me doing it. Well, you, you and I might be sitting here one day and all of a sudden we're six feet lower and the yeah. station is, you know, we're looking up, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, here's the deal. Nobody wants abortions. Nobody is saying... I will, Thank you. Yeah. Nobody is saying, boy, I can't wait to get an abortion. I can't wait to get... I want to get pregnant so I can have an abortion. And banning abortions will not stop abortions. Right. Right. In fact, from what I hear, all it's doing is making abortions unsafe. Yeah. Yes. So what it will eventually do is kill women. Well, it's possible... And I don't think it's likely or it's possible that this was a draft. It's not the official so far. Let's be yeah. accurate. It's not the official decision of the United States Supreme Court. That will not be issued until June. It's a 1% chance that they were spitballing. They put a bunch of stuff into a document, not finalized, and, and somehow it got out there. That's a possibility. Mm-hmm. But I also, more likely, this is written in stone. It's going to happen. And this court has said, damn the torpedoes, full speed ahead. Yeah. We're going to do this. Well, they want to yeah. n- know. And not only that, but there is uh, a good enough reason to believe that it wasn't anyone literal who made the leak, but a conservative who leaked this. Well, it could have been John Roberts. I'm not yeah. saying he, because he doesn't want the court to go down this very steep hill. Yeah. Because the court now looks exceedingly politicized. It looks politi- It looks like political operatives are now on the Supreme Court. Yeah. Just for what it's worth, from September to December 2019, before Texas established its strict anti-abortion law, 514 Texans went to nearby states for legal abortions. Right. From September to December 2021, after the law, 5,574 Texans went to nearby states for abortions. Right. right. So this is one aspect of this. You're, you're forcing people to right. leave the state. And now they have software that is tracking people who visit abortion clinics. So, and in, in Texas, you can sue the person yeah. who sought the abortion and get money out of them for doing that. And in Texas, according to the University of Texas poll, 78% of Texans think abortion should be allowed in some form. Yeah. Yeah. So we have a highly unpopular Supreme Court right. making decisions for us right now. Two things about that. One is this. Women now have to consider even going, and they will be coming after the day after pill, birth control, transgender rights, gay marriage, because this is this decision is based on very faulty legal logic. But it doesn't matter if it's the law of the land, according to them. The other thing is, this is a case of the of the old saying, dogs chasing cars, right? Yeah. Right? What happens when you catch it? Exactly. And this is where they are. They caught it now. And now the, now the lunatics are in charge of the party. And if you say anything out of the orthodox of their radical perspective on abortion, Trump will come after you because his legacy now 
depends on this c continuing to be the operating modality of the Republican Party. So they're in now the de they're in a death spiral, I believe now. So I hope so. Yeah. Okay. And it's an awful, awful, awful thing. People will die yeah. because of this decision. Yeah. Women will die. Uh, we could go on. I guess the thing that bothers me is we're their uh, inspiration for this, for a lot of voters who are voting in favor of these Republicans, is that somehow we're baby killers. Yeah. This feeds the narrative. Yeah. They went after Katanji Brown for her, her the stuff about the uh, sentencing on the, uh, 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 what is it, child pornography. Mm -hmm. Feeds the narrative that the baby killing, baby screwing, you know, yeah. Democrats or whatever. I'm, I'm trying to be PG here, but yeah, that's this is part of this whole QAnon narrative. Yeah, that the people who are in charge of the Republican Party now want everyone to believe. This is where we're at. Yeah. And I want to see more babies survive after they're born. Yes, yes. That, and, and I think that's what these people who are ill-informed don't understand. It's it's a very frustrating and sad thing. Yeah. I think they'll amend this thing that there's apparently I forgot which state, Missouri or Oklahoma or somewhere where there's a state where there was a law passed in eighteen eighteen forties that has been a tri <clears throat> a trigger law. That's the other thing that's come to light for a lot of people. The trigger laws. There's something like twenty or twenty five states that have trigger laws. That if this happens, this automatically becomes the law of the state. The other part that's distressing is we're losing the federalism of our democracy, of our country now. The federal, uh, the idea of a federal uh, kind of system is now giving way to a complete, to the states. Uh -huh. And the states can do anything they want, according to the Supreme Court, within some reason, but anything they want, including banning abortions for any reason at all. Yeah. So now we're, now states will, can do the craziest stuff that they want. And but this court won't interfere. Or they can defeat Citizen United. Well, they could. They can go that, that, that way, does, too. No, there are two. There are, there's a, yes, you're right. They could do that. Well, all I know is that if Samuel Leto had to uh, carry a baby to, to term, term, yeah, he'd be, uh, it'd be it'd telling be, a different story it'd be, right it'd now. It'd be in the Bill of Rights that you could have an abortion if yeah. men got pregnant. Yeah, that's an old thing people used to say. Yeah. If men could get pregnant, it would be a constitutional amendment. Yep. For abortion. From the Washington Post, the side of Russian tank turrets blown off and lying in ruin along Ukrainian roads points to a tank design known as the jack-in-the-box flaw. Okay. The fault is related by the way many Russian tanks hold and load ammunition. In these tanks, shells are placed in a ring within the turret. That's where all the... Uh, the uh, soldiers are, okay. the three of them in these, this particular tank. When an enemy shoot, shot hits the right spot, the ring of ammunition can quickly cook off, as they say, and ignite a chain reaction, blasting the turret off the tank's hull and killing everyone inside. Other tanks on the modern battlefield generally store their ammunition away from the crew behind armored walls. That's why Ukraine's Western allies are now providing anti-tank 
weapons at high volume. The javelin. Because they know the jack-in-the-box effect. Yeah, yeah. I think the javelin is an yep. anti-tank. For Russia, the people are as expendable as the machine, Robert E. Hamilton, a professor at the U.S. Army War College, said. The Russians have known about the jack-in-the-box flaw for 31 years, and uh, you say you have to say they've chosen just not to deal with it. Yeah. And, of course, we've chosen to blow them up. <laughs> We have. Back in the yeah. days of the Cold War in Europe and Eastern Europe and all that stuff, the one thing that the NATO alliance feared was the overwhelming amount of Russian tanks that would yeah. be coming across, but apparently not so much. From the New York Times, a shipment of five million honeybees died after the bees were rerouted to Delta Airlines to from by Delta Airlines to Atlanta and left out on a hot tarmac. Oh my God! Yeah. And from Science News Daily. For the first time, a non-human animal has been found able to distinguish odd and even numbers, even when they have never seen specific numbers before. The masters of this impressive feat of abstract mathematics are honeybees. Oh, my God. From Los Angeles Times, after being pushed to the brink of extinction, California condors have returned to a slice of northern California habitat for the first time in 130 years. When just last week, four of the big birds were released. The transition to the wild comes after a lifetime raised in captivity for the condors, where they learn to stretch their wings in large flight pens. This particular group was raised with an older bird who acts as sort of a lifetime mentor for the younglings in captivity. Biologists will continue to monitor the birds in the wild to make sure they're adapting to their new surroundings. The birds range from two to four years old. Today, there are approximately 300 condors flying the wild in California, and there are several release facilities across the region. Yep, almost extinct, and now they're doing fairly well. Good. Do you think Iowa is a good place to hold the U.S.'s first in the nation presidential primary? The caucus. Yeah, the caucus caucus. there. You know, I think there is something to be said for retail politics, which is that's what it is. The candidates have to go there. They have to meet a lot of people. Yeah, it's a small enough state in terms of the population centers that people would actually get to know them. We have moved beyond that. That that is the covered wagon of politics now. Yeah, it was at one time a good idea. I don't think it is now. The Democratic Party is finally going to give Iowa the boot as the first presidential primary test. The 2020 Iowa caucus, you'll recall, were a mess. A vote counting app was at the heart of the problem, and things were so screwed up that the results of the February 3rd caucuses weren't made official until February 27th, depriving the winner of any momentum. And by the way, Bernie Sanders won. I was going to say, yeah. that would have been a huge thing for him. But the other thing is, is that Pete Buttigieg was a, won the dead, most yeah. state delegate equivalents, whatever the hell that means. Oh, that's, that's a, it's a formula. That's I know it's a formula, but still. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And Pete got a lot of run out of that, and Bernie didn't. It, yeah. it, was, it really did kind of undermine his campaign in a lot of ways. Iowa and New Hampshire, the first two primary states, are both around 90% white, which makes them ridiculous states to start the nominating process of a party that's now roughly 55% white, 20% black, 15% Hispanic, and 10% Asian. Right. 
Democrats should ge be geographically diverse with large cities, rural farm country, and everything in between. But instead, Democrats, uh, Democrats are leaning toward making the New Hampshire primary first now. Again, another predominantly is, white state. Yeah, which is really dumb. Yeah. Its largest city, Mancha Manchester, has a population of 115,000. Yeah, yes. And Irvine's population is twice that and then some. Yes. Nevada is a much better choice. Yeah. It's 48% white uh, and 29% Hispanic. And there's a significant black. A significant labor. And 11% Asian. Yeah. yeah. Labor. And its electoral votes are competitive in general elections, Yes, too. they are. More representative of the country. It also has a major city in Las Vegas. Yes. And Michigan's also a good place to go with it, too. Yes, yes. But, but why would you go to New Hampshire except yes. politics? Except somebody knows somebody. City vote. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's enough. I'm not going to say anymore. From the American Prospect, on March 10th, the Major League Baseball uh, Players Association and the owners ratified a new agreement and ended the 99-day workout. That's a lockout. I said workout. They, they actually worked out, too. They but, did work yeah. out. <laughs> anyway, in the compromise that two sides reached, the players won some important gains, including a minimum salary of $700,000. Cha-ching. Yeah. The story for minor league players, though, is very different. For minor league baseball players, the promise of fair competition for their services doesn't exist at all, not even in theory. Thanks to a series of Supreme Court cases going back to 1922, baseball is broadly exempt from antitrust law. Today, minor league players labor under systemic employer collusion. And unlike major league players, they don't have a union to challenge the power of team owners. As a result, Major League Baseball team owners collude openly to suppress wages in the minor leagues. In 2021, minor league player salaries averaged between $8,000 and $14,000 for the year. Unbelievable. That's below the federal poverty line for many of them. These salaries are set forth in the un uniform player contract that all minor league players sign when they're drafted. The contract also keeps players trapped with the same team for seven seasons. Oh, my God. With no possibility of seeking playing opportunities for clubs that would pay them more or wow. treat them better. Wow. And just for what it's worth, Senator Bernie Sanders, speak of the devil, has recognized the injustice of this immunity for baseball's owners. In March, he introduced a bill to repeal the exemption, which he said would attract bipartisan support. So we don't know where it is right now, but <sighs> that's what he's working on. Good. And finally, okay. from the Washington Post, uh, Chaz Stevens is trying to ban the Bible from Florida's public schools. Inspired by Florida's move to reject 54 math books for prohibitive subjects, 57-year-old tech wizard Chaz Stevens decided to file petitions to ban the Bible in 63 Florida school districts. His three-page petition critiques the Bible for its depictions of bestiality and cannibalism, its eye-popping messages of babies being smashed against the rocks, and its strong pro-slavery position. Chaz also cites age inappropriateness, social-emotional learning, mentions of bestiality and rape, and wokeness as reasons <laughs> to ban the Bible. Because as we all know, Jesus was woke. Yeah. <laughs> 
His petition asks, as the Bible casually references such topics as murder, adultery, sexual immorality, and fornication, or as I like to think, date night, Friday night, <laughs> do we really want to teach our youth about drunken orgies? You can subscribe to the Weekly Signals Weekly Reviewed Podcast at weeklysignals.com. Weeklysignals.com. Subscribe now.